Before the goodness starts flowing, I want to welcome you to the STR Sisterhood, real life stories from real life women in the short-term rental industry. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, ex-corporate girl who discovered how to replace her six-figure salary through short-term rentals and who now has the pleasure of helping others do the same. On this show, we talk to real women in the short-term rental space about their journeys and how they've managed to turn their STR dreams into reality. If you're an ambitious woman who's looking to build a successful short-term rental business, you are in the right place, sister. This podcast is brought to you in part by InHaven. You know, it seems obvious, but it's true. Guests feel more comfortable and are more likely to recommend your property when they feel like they're well taken care of. InHaven is your one-stop shop for hosting essentials like hypoallergenic sheets, luxe towels, durable kitchenware, and oh, my friends, do they have all the decorative accents. And all of InHaven's products will make your property feel like it's a true getaway for anyone that stays. Now, InHaven also makes shopping for your rental so much fun because it's so easy and way more affordable than driving all over town. Plus, sign up is free for all short-term rental hosts. And to say thank you for listening to my podcast, you can now get $50 off your first order. All you have to do is go to inhaven.com backslash sister, start shopping, and enter the code sister at checkout to snag your 50 bucks off. All right. Thanks so much for listening. And now let's get back into the podcast. Welcome to another episode of the STR Sisterhood. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, and thank you so much for inviting me into your day today. Now, before we dive into today's episode, I, of course, want to share a quote I recently read that resonated with me. And it says, the way I see it, if you want the rainbow, you got to put up with the rain. And those words came to us from the one and only Dolly Parton. And boy, oh boy, aren't those true. Okay, in this episode, I sit down with former healthcare executive Kate Stormer. And Kate and I chat about her journey in the world of short-term rentals, and we dive into the topic of investor personas. Now, this is such a unique conversation. I cannot wait for you to take a listen. We also chat about how knowing your own investor persona can help you in your own STR journey. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into my conversation with Kate. So today we are joined by Kate Stormer, and I am so excited to have this conversation. But Kate, first and foremost, thank you so much for being with us. I am so happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Stacey. You bet. So Kate, what I would love to do is first just ask you to share with our audience a little bit about who you are and where you're located in the world. Sure. So I am located in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and I am first and foremost a mama. I have an adult, a middle schooler, and an elementary schooler. So I am busy. That's what I am, first and foremost. (laughs) That's awesome. 
That could be a whole podcast in and of itself, I'm sure. Yes. (laughs) I love it. And so how did you get started in the world of short-term rentals? Yeah. So I have been a real estate junkie my entire adult life. And my poor husband can attest to being drugged to open houses for his entire time we have been together. (laughs) And in 2018, late 2018, I went to an auction of a private auction of a home in my personal neighborhood and watched it get auctioned off for two thirds of its market value. And I literally went home and typed in how to invest in real estate. And it was a fire hose after that. And I actually started going to meetups because what I saw at the time was an opportunity to move the needle on retirement and leverage my interest in real estate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I started actually mentoring with somebody in multifamily. And one day he took me to a, a property that he was looking to purchase. And I'd known him well enough by now at that time. And I'm looking at this property, which is not fun. It's just your traditional, you know, little multifamily, you know, and I'm thinking, I already have a 50 plus hour a week job. I have these kids and I watch what this guy does. And I'm like, David, you work like a dog day in, day out. There, there's nothing fun about this. And he was like, no, but this is how I afford my life. And I'm thinking that's okay. So I stepped back and then I heard a podcast about short term rentals and I, it was like the light bulb went off within three months. I owned my first one. I bought into a paid, you know, program to for mentorship and and I've just exploded since then. I love that. And I love that you started out uh, looking at alternative ways to invest in real estate. And, you know, I started out in the world of long-term rentals myself, never actually have invested in multifamily, but you know, try different aspects of the the long-term rental game, shall we say. And to your point, when I first started in short-term rentals, I was just looking to protect my assets, you know, during COVID. And we were seeing eviction moratoriums popping up everywhere. And my husband and I said, hey, let's pivot and buy our next property as a short-term rental because we were thinking at the time, hey, at least somebody has to pay us in order to get in the front door, right? So we felt like it was a less risky investment at that given time. But to your point, Kate, when I discovered it, I was like, oh, you know, this is it. Like, this is so fun. I freaking love it. So I share your passion and I love how you've leaned in to this business since. Yeah. And it's been great. And like you, Stacey, so I eventually got to the point where, you know, quit my healthcare executive career about a year ago. And this is what I do now. Right. Love it. Love it. We are on the same journey, sister. I love it. Okay. So I want to ask you, I know you have a very robust consulting business where you, you know, work with fellow real estate investors specifically in the world of short-term rentals. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. Love it. I'm curious from your vantage point, what are you seeing as some of the most common challenges that folks are dealing with? Well, that has shifted. So I've been a coaching consultant either on my own or or for a while. I actually was a a 
coached in somebody else's program. That's that's how I got started in that. And you know, so it has shifted over time as as our market does. And right now, in in my brand, I distinguish a lot of my coaching is for people who are just getting into or reasonably new. My consulting work is is more people who are a little bit more established. And then I also actually do some organizational management. That's my training. So I I do work for for service providers in the industry as well. But, and I think, you know, right now I, then I have talked to more people in the last, I would say four to five months who, who did not know how to run numbers on a deal and are struggling to make it work. And I think, you know, they're there for a while, particularly in, in, you know, late 2020 and 2020, 21, but even into 22, that narrative of just buy a property and it's going to mint money for you was kind of damaging. Yeah. And so unfortunately, you know, there are some conversations I have where it's like, I I don't, I don't think anybody could make this profitable. (laughs) Yeah. And I tell you what, I think that that is a really, really important uh, thing to, to talk about because I, I did, you know, witness the same thing where people, I term it as they were using consumer brain to buy investment properties. Number one, they didn't understand how to run the numbers. And number two, if they understood maybe, okay, I want to use cash on cash or cash flow or payback period or whatever the cap rate, whatever their metrics are, what did it really mean for them? And did that investment actually deliver on their goals uh, in the long run? It's so interesting that you've seen the same thing. Oh, it it is incredible. Like the shift in my business has been marked around this. Yeah. Wow. So I want to talk with you. If if you're cool with it, I know you have investor personas that you like to help maybe bring clarity and bring to life for different folks. I want to first ask you, what, in your perspective, is an investor persona to begin with? Help us establish that foundation. So as people who've been in the industry for a while can appreciate, you know, this isn't we all own short-term rentals and run businesses and they're all the same, right? But if you're just looking from the outside, it may look like that. Mm-hmm. And I began to realize that given the number of people I've worked with on their short-term rental businesses and investments, that when I have conversations with people, I have been slotting them into sort of a persona or, you know, a caricature of who they are based on their stated goals. And I began to further realize that as I was working with people, that it was an efficient way to work with people because those goals or that persona typically goes along a very similar path in how they approach their business, what their learning and support needs are. And also it helps make sense that when we as individuals go out and look for information and mentors and, you know, and what information we consume and who we follow in social media, that if we're in a learning mode, which hopefully we are always in the learning mode, but but particularly that initial fire hose period, that we're learning from people who are whose goals are similar. 
because mm. if somebody on one end of the spectrum gives advice to somebody on the other end of the spectrum, sometimes it won't even make sense because their worldview is this and the advice is from a very different worldview. And so it's, it is really just these based on goals. It's a way of identifying on the spectrum that exists in our industry where people are and that allows us to be more efficient and effective in terms of as a service provider, how I engage with people, but also as an individual, it allows me to have that filter through which I can evaluate more effectively. And it also allows me to understand that my path isn't the same as everybody else's, but there is something of an established path that I can follow, which is hugely helpful. I love that. And I'm so excited to talk with you about this. So, I, you know, Kate, you tell me my initial gut reaction is, can you help us first identify the different investor personas? And then I want to dive into what characteristics you're looking at in order to establish those. Is that cool? Talk yeah. to us about the, the different investor personas first. Yeah. So, so I've given them names. And we can talk a little, so I, but when this podcast airs, I'm actually going to have a little quiz on my website that people can take and, but, but ultimately most people will recognize themselves, right? And, you know, everything with a grain of salt, but people move on spectrums, but I have tried to, as I have played with this and, and have seen that people value this concept, I've tried to put some parameters around them that make sense. And you know, so the first one, and again, this comes from my, my, my corporate background, I refer to them as the chairman and they are really best characterized as the people who come in and say, I have this amount of money. I'm looking for this ROI and I really have very little time to devote to this, but I really want to leverage short-term rentals, right? So that's the chairman. And then I refer to this next category as the industrialists. And these are the people who see a cash flow opportunity in the short-term rental industry. So whereas the chairman might be a very traditional by-the-book investor, the industrialist is really a business person. And they are looking to build a business that provides a certain level of cash flow to them. So they may not even own the property, right? They, they may lease the property, I've had clients come to me that say, we need to hit a certain cash flow amount to afford our kids' college tuition. So, so the goals are different, but, but that goal of cash flow is first and foremost what they're looking to achieve. And the absolute middle of the spectrum, and this is probably where a lot of people live because it's a bell curve perhaps, <laughs> is by the, the definition of entrepreneur, right? By the Webster definition is an investor who also puts effort into their business. And so while the investment is still 100% the number one priority for these people, there is some aspect of investing in short-term rentals that appeals to them. So it may be the personal use aspect of up to 14 days or 10% of, of the rental period, I can use that personally myself. So this is the guy who comes into me and says, listen, I'm spending all this money on vacation every year in this one location. Can I own a home here and and still have it be, you know, profitable. Or it's the people who see an, an opportunity to move the needle on retirement, but they're interested in interior design. Or it's the guy who's really into mountain biking who, again, wants to invest, but is thinking, hey, like, I could 
get a place close to a mountain biking and I could curate some recommendations for people who would stay and I could market it to those people. So there, there's a fulfilling amount, a personal fulfillment that entrepreneurs get, even though it is 100% about the investment. And then the last two, of course, we shift more into the lifestyle piece, right? So the lifestylists, the lifestyle component and the investment component have equal weight. So these are the ones who may say, okay, I, we're, we want to have a, a, a beach location that we're going to stay in for four months in off season and then rent it out during high season. Or we'd love to have a portfolio of properties in different kinds of markets that over time we would move between them. So more personal use, personal desires will, will weigh equally heavy to the investment potential. And then, of course, at the other end of the spectrum are what I call the strategists. And th this is really the people who come to me and they're like, a house on this lake with this many bedrooms, these kind of amenities, this kind of beach frontage, it's a little out of reach for our budget unless we rent it out a few times a year. Right. So, so they're really strategizing to achieve a particular goal. And the short-term rental aspect is almost incidental to that. Got it. That is so fun. I'm writing these down and I'm thinking, yep, yep, yep. Because I can actually, I'm thinking about your list and I'm, I'm actually thinking about myself and maybe even how I have different characteristics of different personas. So let me ask you that. Is that common where you'll see a person maybe score highest, as an example, as entrepreneur, but have characteristics of an industrialist or a lifestyleist? Or how well is someone, I'm going to say, locked in to that, to that persona? Talk to us right. about that. And, and that, and again, it is a spectrum, right? So, mm -hmm. so there, there are set points and there are people who fit it perfectly. Mm -hmm. The reality is, as somebody like a strategist who's completely about lifestyle, I'm almost never going to see them unless somebody in that relationship is more interested in, in having it be an investment. Okay. That, I love that because that was going to be my next question is, you know, a lot of times spouses are investing together. And I know for one of my clients, we have a set of two people with a fantastic marriage with very different goals when it comes to their short-term rentals. So talk to us a little bit about if your spouse is in a different persona than you are. What are your favorite strategies to help bridge that gap? Well, the first one is I typically say I'm not a marriage therapist. <laughs> that helps, right? Help. Like it helps to, to be clear on what I can accomplish. Yeah. It, you know, I literally have had one couple that came in for coaching and I don't think to this day they've bought because they could not agree. You know, as with anything, it is what is our goal today as you've mm -hmm. agreed on it. And, and that really is what drives what your action list is. And that's all these are really useful for in the end is what is the roadmap to the goal. And so a lot of people probably come in as the entrepreneur with pretty heavy lifestyleist thoughts. But then again, I may get, and, and it, that's, you know, I may get the entrepreneur entrepreneurs, but they may have a very specific cash 
flow strategy. That's probably the biggest blend that, that if I see a blend, if there is one, you know, but, but it's always about in that moment at that time when we're at goal setting, what's Mm -hmm. the primary goal, what's the primary driver. And so that's what we're going to do there. But, but in six months, if we go through that exercise again, maybe it shifts. Right. Love that. All right. So let's talk about, I know you mentioned that you will have a quiz on your website, but if, if someone hasn't been to your website and they're listening and thinking, oh my gosh, I want to find out what my own persona is. What types of questions would they be asking themselves to identify their, their investor persona? I think the number one question in terms of self-identifying is, is really being clear on the weight that you place on the in, uh, how important the investment versus lifestyle is. And then the weight that you place on cash flow, and and if you think about those, you know, as a scale, if you, if you are like clunking down on one side of the scale on either cash flow or investment potential, then you are clearly you're on one side of the scale versus the other. So now you're you're ratcheting in, and then it becomes you know what's more important, cash flow or investment potential, and then it's how much effort and time am I willing to put into this? So good. So good. So Kate, I am curious. Once someone knows what their investor persona is, how do they utilize that information to their best advantage? So I have found that in in these discussions, it first of all is an enlightening, like like any self-awareness, right? And we begin to look differently at the people in our sphere in in the short-term rental sphere and in a in slightly different ways, which is just helpful, right? So so when we take advice from people, we have a, this filter that makes a little bit more sense because not every business is the same. I think also, especially when I'm working with new folks, is somebody who's coming in and their focus is cash flow, right? They're most likely to be self-managers. So if they're going to work with a coach or if they're going to start prioritizing where they spend their time in terms of what they learn, they can understand their roadmap a little more clearly. So it, it just allows us to be more efficient because we, number one, understand there are different ways to have our business and build it and that our individual business plans are going to be different and therefore our learning and self-education needs are very different. It also allows us to consume differently, right? So somebody who is all about arbitrage is not going to be the mentor or the coach or the, coach or the, or the content that I as a lifestylist need. So it really helps us see the diversity of of different styles in the community and be more efficient and effective about how we prioritize. Because I don't know about you, but as an adult learner, it's a lot slower than it was. (laughs) And and it takes a a little bit more time. So prioritizing, how do I get to go live most quickly with the information I have? And what can I defer learning about until a little bit later in my journey is really helpful. So it's just really about being a little bit more clear about our business plan and what we need to do to fill the learning gaps in order to get to go live or to optimize or, you know, whatever that goal is. I love that because it brings a strategic approach to 
how you are consuming content, and my dog is really excited about the topic evidently, but how you are consuming content, who you're learning from. The other thing that I love about it, Kate, is I see so many people who are prioritizing or making decisions based on what they've heard someone else say. When I see people doing that, it literally makes my heart hurt because just because something is right for me doesn't mean it's right for you. And just because something is right for you doesn't mean it's right for the next person. You know, it really, your approach really forces people to take a look in the mirror, understand, you know, what their priorities should be, and then help them be more strategic in the way that they're approaching even the content they're consuming or they're learning. I love that. I think when I came into the industry, there was far less <laughs> information at that time. And uh, we never talked about it as a business. There's a reason my business is the CEO host. I, I come from a business background. I'm an MBA. Like business is the only thing that makes sense. And I kept trying to fit what I was doing into the investing mold. And it was the moment that I was like, this isn't an investment. This is a business. Then, then now I can run this in the same way I ran my business. You know, I have marketing team. I have operations. I have finance and accounting. I have, you know, my strategic, like all, like the minute all of that clicked in for me. And that is hopefully a thought process that I can encourage others to embrace. And part of that is like, I wouldn't make a decision without some level of data and without sort of a thoughtful business plan by which I execute on a specific goal. And it's my goal, right? Not your goal, your goal. Information is great. It informs my goal making. It informs my potential. It opens my eyes. And that's one of the things that I have found talking to people about the investor personas is that sort of, oh, yeah, you're right. We are all kind of different. And you're right. Maybe so-and-so's advice wasn't quite the thing for me. And I'm sure you've had this experience where somebody maybe paid into a training program that wasn't right for them. And, and if, you know, and, and so it just, it just helps to bring that awareness to, to how people build their business and the tools they need. I love that. I, first of all, I love obviously your approach of treating this as a business, because I feel like that is also a very common mistake is they're looking at their property as their business. And what I always share with my coaching students is your property is simply a product of your business. Right. I love the fact that you talk about the infrastructure of your business. You know, you've got your F&A, your finance and accounting, you've got your operations, you've got your marketing. That is critical to operating a business. And again, I feel like so often I see people thinking that, oh, I've got this property and I've got it on Airbnb and that's my business. No, no. If we're only thinking about that house or said property as your business, we need to shift that thinking. So cool. I, I will share one one tidbit on that with you, Stacey. So there, I think there are people, and I, I see this probably more in the industrialists, whose entire business is built in Airbnb. And I have come to think of those as franchises because they systematize a lot of your operations. It's an easy way, right? And, and if you think about the franchise model, 
you know, you want to go open a, a, a McDonald's, you're going to get your marketing, you're going to get like all of these things, and then it's going to live there. And it, I think, again, these are just perspectives and ways to think about all the variations of ways that we run our businesses and that they're all, they all work to some extent, you know, better or worse. Absolutely. There's no right or wrong. I, I love that approach. So I'm curious to hear your perspective, Kate, on joint ventures. And, you know, I have partnered with many people and I'm, I'm curious, I'm, let me back up. I've partnered with many people in my own real estate investing. Okay. And I find it very important to vet my partners so that I can ensure that it is a win-win fit. I've heard so many joint venture stories that are horror stories. When you think about investor personas, talk to me a little bit about the importance of having the same investor personas as partners on a property, or should you be looking at a different investor persona to potentially partner with? Talk to me about your philosophy on that. So I think part of partnerships and, and joint ventures, but I, I think that ultimately the success of any joint venture is, is having clarity about what you're looking to achieve and what roles each party has in that joint venture. And, and that's clarity to the minutia. <laughs> you could see in having a discussion about the different roles that say a chairman who is, is you know, they have money to invest and they'd like to get a certain ROI, but they don't really, you know, they're the ones who don't really care where the property is or what it does and may never step foot in it. That may be somebody that partners well with an industrialist or an entre entrepreneur, you know, who, who is willing to put some effort into it, who could take a share in the, the profit, but maybe doesn't have the capital. So, so that can be very workable, but, but as with any business, it shouldn't be taken lightly. And it is truly a business. And I think in this case, I have seen more pitfalls because the joint venture is with a friend or somebody who is envisioning having this terrific property and using it all the time. And now it's... Yeah. Now it's a much different story. The other thing that I always caution people against as well is, in my opinion... If you are sharing in responsibility, number one, roles and responsibilities have to be very clearly defined. But then number two, we have to make sure that each person in that relationship has the skills to deliver on their role. I find a lot of brand new folks thinking, oh my gosh, let's do this short-term rental thing together. You don't know a thing and I don't know a thing. This sounds like an amazing business opportunity, right? So <laughs> what are your thoughts on that, on newbies partnering together in this space? That could be a challenging one. We're all new at some point in time, mm -hmm. but clearly, so, so you and I are sitting here having this conversation with these extensive you know, executive careers behind us that, that make us think a certain way about our business. And so if you ever said to me, Hey, you want a partner? Like I already know where you're at and what you would bring to the table, even if we were new to the industry. 
I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with two noobs doing it, but I, I would really encourage them to seek a coach or a mentor with a lot of experience who can help them both understand the critical aspects of those roles and responsibilities and, and the, what they're going to need to do to learn how to be successful in the industry prior to ever actually executing on a joint venture together mm-hmm. to make sure that that is going to work. And by the way, I would, I would further support in a lot of the, the joint ventures I have been party to hearing about the exit plan is as important as everything yep. else. Right. Amen. If not more. Plan the breakup. No. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Oh, that's so fun. No, I totally, totally agree. Not only the exit from a specific property, but the exit of the business as well. Love that. Okay. Kate, I am curious if we could wave a magic wand, and I didn't bring mine today. I don't know about you, but if we could wave a magic wand and we could help people shift their thinking about one thing as it pertains to short-term rentals, what would it be? I think, you know, if we go back to that, you know, what am I seeing so much in the industry right now? I, I think it's don't rush. Take the time to learn. As with any business venture, take the time to learn because there, there is a lot to learn in order to be successful. Absolutely. There's a huge learning curve. And number one, I love that you focus on taking the time to educate yourself. I will say, before I ever bought my first property, I spent six months just learning, okay? I bought my first short-term rental in September of 2020, and I still learn something every day, every stinking day. I feel like so many times people have self-doubt because they feel like they don't know enough yet. And from my perspective, I don't know enough yet. And that's a beautiful thing, right? Because I'm going to continue to learn each and every day. I love that you're, you're encouraging people to give time to educating themselves and how important that is. And I think most folks that I work with, there's a moment where there, there is a level of confidence that, that they have and they know they're ready. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I have to nudge them a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, but I think most folks appreciate that they've come to the point where they're ready to, to pull the trigger. And, and also they understand that the learning continues. Yep, absolutely. Okay, if you're all right with it, I want to move to the lightning round. And what I'm going to ask you to do is answer with the very first thing that comes to mind. First question is, where is your favorite place to vacation? The Caribbean, St. John's. I love that considering it's my last name. If only I owned the island of St. John, (laughs) I would be even more excited. But when was the first time you visited there? During COVID. Really? Yes. Yep. I bet it was hard to come home. <laughs> well, you know, it was, again, I have kind of young kids. And when you, I was at the time balancing my my day job and the remote virtual school and the kids, I was like, my mental health requires me to go somewhere. Yeah. And so we, we did. I was living, just my husband and I. Yep. I love it. I love it. So I, I love the Caribbean as well. 
I'm a huge St. Croix fan. Love St. Croix. I've actually never visited St. John. I've been to Tortola and St. Thomas. Love me some Cancun. Uh, but super fun. So it sounds like you and I might need to go on a Caribbean trip together at some we, point. We may need to scout some properties. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's one place you've never been that you want to visit? Iceland. Ooh, now that came off fast. So this must have been in the back of your mind. So like for years, you've wanted to go to Iceland, maybe. So fun fact, I was in the military many years ago, and I had orders to Iceland that got canceled. So I had done all this research, and I knew what it was, and I really was looking forward to going, and I was really bummed. So I haven't been yet, but it's it's coming. Oh, <laughs> well, first of all, thank you for your service. I love that you were in the military. And what branch of the military were you in? I was in the U.S. Navy. Yeah, I was a, a corpsman or a medic, which is why I have a career, had a career in healthcare administration. Yeah. Sure. Love that. Okay. What's one thing you know now that you wished you knew when you were starting out in the world of short-term rentals? You know, I, I referred to this before, but that moment of shifting from this is investing to this is a business really was, it just made so much more sense to me and how my brain works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Okay. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Let it go. Ooh, that's a good one. I'm hearing the song in my head as you're I know it's, I, it's not even the song, but it's just, yeah, let, let it go, man. It, yep. Just let it go. Very cool. And what is one thing and or person that you're grateful for today? You know, it is my husband. He has been a, you know, so number one, real estate investing, not his, not his gig, not at all. Yep. And he has absolutely supported me in so many ways. And of course, being a mama with kids, he's often stepped up in the middle of setup or you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I am here and doing what I love doing because of him. So great. Okay, Kate, before we wrap up, if folks want to learn more about you or explore ways that you might be able to support them in their STR journey, where is the best place for them to find you online? So I do have a website. I'm a, a blogger and a content provider. So that's the CEOhost.com. Stacey, I am all over in your group um, and on Facebook and at Katie Stormer, uh, K-A-T-I, which is my legal first name, but most people call me Kate on Insta if people want to find me there. Love it, Kate. Thank you so much for being with us today. This was so great. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me, Stacey. Now, before you go, I just wanted to give a special shout out to a few amazing ladies inside the Female Short-Term Rental Investors Facebook group. Just yesterday, Jennifer Boyce Lavrak posted, for those who do direct booking, how and or what platform do you use or do you create your own? We have ours listed on Verbo and Airbnb, but would like to consider direct booking options. Also curious on pros and cons. And within a day's time, 57 amazing ladies hopped in and shared their feedback. Just want to give a special shout out to Jody Byrne. And she says there are a number of ways to start a professional book direct business. First, you should be sure to collect the email addresses of previous guests and their guests. Then begin using social media to build an audience. 
You can do all of that without a website or use something simple for starters like Canva or lead pages. If possible, get a Google business listing. Then you can start branding and find a property management system. Then you will want to spend some time working with someone who can build a professional website. This is a long-term strategy and it doesn't happen overnight, but definitely worth it in the long run if you want a more professional hosting business that doesn't depend on the listing sites. Amazing advice, Jody. Thank you so, so much. All right, that wraps it up for this episode. I hope you have an amazing seven days ahead and I will see you soon. Okay, sister, are you ready to start making your short-term rental dreams a reality, but feeling lost, stuck, or just overwhelmed? Here's what I know for sure. You deserve everything you're dreaming of, and you deserve to get it with ease, support, and joy. So here's what I'd like you to do. Go to stacystjohn.com slash strwebinar and watch my free masterclass where you will get the scoop on how to leave your W-2 and start building your dream life with five simple steps. If you're ready to have more time to spend with friends and family doing the things you love, adding a ton of zeros to your bank balance, and start living your short-term rental dream, you need to watch this masterclass. Head over to stacystjohn.com slash strwebinar right now to start watching. That's stacystjohn.com slash strwebinar, and I will see you there.